Greetings, my church. It's your boy, Pastor Chandler S. Bailey, and shout out to Pastor Tucker, the Tucker family, the leadership there, and what y'all are doing during these innovative times of spreading the message of faith and inspiration all around the world. My name is Chandler S. Bailey. I'm the assistant pastor of Right Direction Church International and founder of Chandler Bailey Media and Ministry, and I know the value of impartation and being informed spiritually with the text, the Bible, online. Now listen, I'm your special guest speaker, so I need, I need to ask you a couple questions. Are you going to get excited about the things of God? I'll give you some time. Make some noise. Make some noise. Make some noise. Uh-huh. Do I hear you, my church? All right, next question. Are you ready to go to another level, my church, in the word of God? Come on, make some noise. Make some noise. Make some noise. Make some noise. And lastly, my church, do you love your man and woman of God? Do you love your pastors? Do you love your pastor? Do you love the family? Do you love your church? Do you love what God is doing and ministry through my church? Make some noise. All right, good, good. Well, I hope you got excited because I want to come from a delicate place in my soul. But let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment of service and serving. God, I thank you for the anointing, the burden removing, yoke destroying power, God, right now in this place. Anoint me, O Father, to bring your word and speak a word that's timely and divine. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. Amen. Well, on behalf of Bishop Herbert Bailey and Dr. Marsha Bailey, I don't stand in my own anointing. My parent pastors have allowed me to minister through media all around the world, and I'm greeting you right now from WFM Media Group Studios to my church, and we're excited to bring the Word of God today. I want to turn your attention to 1 Timothy 6, 17 through verse 19. And in this moment, um, it's talking about how God has power. I'm sorry, 1 Timothy 6, 11 through verse 16. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It says, I urge you in the sight of God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. If you look at the text and we look at God's word, we can see that it's telling us to be committed. But it also talks about a commandment. Now, what scares me, but should help you out, now hopefully some of you all ain't going to get too turned, is there is a commandment to keep a good confession. There is a commandment to fight the good fight of faith. There is a commandment to hold on to eternal life. I know some of you all have been wanting to cave in. Some of you all may have have circumstances and scenarios that are designed to make you quit, but the word is telling you to keep the commandment of keeping the faith. I want to talk to you from the subject, the fight of my life. Listen, I'm in a fight. I'm in a faith fight. Is anybody in a faith fight? See, this is a fight of my life that I've been having to admit. I'm in a faith fight, accepting the fact that I have to accept the fact that I'm in a faith fight. Oh yeah, I'm required to fight in this season. I'm required not to lay down and relax and cave in and quit. God won't allow me to be regular smeggler. I have to fight this good fight of faith. I need you to touch your neighbor, comment below, 
and say, I'm in a faith fight. Say, I'm in a faith fight. 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 Once you accept the fact that your faith is not just for, but in, you accept the qualities and the ingredients of doing supernatural combat on the enemy so you can combat and come back what's coming against you. And so now it's time for you to counterattack with the things of God. You have counterattacked your stress with cussing. You have counterattacked things in your life by doing drugs. You have counterattacked things in your life by coping with dysfunction in your life. You might have counterattacked some things in your life with perversion, but I'm asking you, have you ever counterattacked with the word of God, the things of God? Come on. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, these are Paul's final instructions to Timothy. Verse 12 says, fight the good fight of faith for the true faith. Says the, the New Living Translation says, hold tightly, which means sometimes what God spoke to you can slip away. Oh, my God, help me, Jesus. There are some things in your life, and I get it. It's easy to forget that God spoke that after Grandma died. It's easy to forget that God can do that after it looked like employment has failed. It's easy to think that God can still take you from here to there. It's easy to let loose and not think that God can't take you from here to there after you recognize that there was a layoff. Whatever God spoke to you can slip away unless you desire to hold on to it. No one can make you stay in faith but you. I can encourage your faith. Pastor Tucker can inspire your faith. We can sow seeds of faith, but you have to make a decision to hold on to what God has spoken to you. So Paul's final instructions is for Timothy to take up his set of new requirements. Paul's instructions wasn't a deep revelational theory. Paul's final instructions wasn't some new theological concept. It was the most practical component to his ministry, staying at optimum capacity and power, which was, was, I am an apostle that knows how to hang on on to the things of God. There, there's going to be some things that are going to show up, but I held on to the fact that I'm supposed to plant these churches. I held on to the fact that I won't die out there and see because I got to preach before Caesar. I held on to what God told me to do and ministry. I have accepted the fact that God has called me to do something, go somewhere, be somewhere, be something, hang on to something, and you got to make your mind up if you're going to hang on to what God told you to hang on to. Paul's final instructions was not Timothy, do this and do that, but keep the faith, hang on to a true, lively, important part of your destiny's calling. Fight the good fight of faith, 1 Timothy 6 and 12, for the true faith, hold tightly, hold tightly to the internal life to which God has called you, which you have declared. You opened up your mouth and said in front of people that God called you to do this. You told people that you were rocking with Paul. You told people that you were helping Paul run these churches. You told people that you were on a mission with Paul. You told people that you were called to be a missionary. Now, some of you all, it may not be the local church that you spoke in front of people, but you told somebody that you're a mama. You told somebody that you're a father. You told somebody you're a coach that cares for people. You told somebody you're a teacher that loves students. And now the enemy's coming for your marriage and it's impacting your love for your assignment or the enemy is attacking your child and it's making you feel like you don't have to, you're losing your passion to be a praying mother, being a praying father, or being a staying father. Can we talk about that? We need more praying mothers and staying fathers. 
We need more. Sometimes the work you have, mom, is to pray, and the work you have, dad, is to be still and stay. Do you know your presence alone in the home as a father? And I'm a person of color, so let me go deeper. As an African-American black man who's a father, my presence statistically allows my children to be more successful than others. This is not with me having more paper. This is not with me having a better position at job. This is just my presence, my presence. And there's times things are gonna happen in your life. They're gonna stress you out, freak you out. There's gonna be problems going on, but you're gonna have to come home and sit at the dinner table. Oh, I feel the presence of God. My fight is to stay. Somebody right now, you're on the brink of leaving. You're on the brink of disappearing. You wanna leave, but God's telling you to stay put. Stay, stay, stay. Stay, stay. You have every reason to leave, but the children need you to stay. Sometimes your next level of commitment is to be still. Sometimes his will is to be still. I know you like to work, but there's nothing we need in the house, Dad, for you to do with your hands. We need you to be still in your heart and work with your heart. I don't know what God's requiring you to do on this morning or on this on-demand hour. Thank God for virtual innovation. Wherever you're watching this around the world, whether you're watching this with my church or you logged on to their on-demand system, whether free or you have to invest and subscribe, whatever it is, you are watching this for a reason. There's somebody's fight. It's called to stay. And there's somebody's fight that is called to pray. And I can't tell you exactly which two-piece you're designed to throw. But God wants someone to be still, and God wants someone else to yield to his will. Someone say, I will pray. Come on, say it. And I will stay. This fighting the good fight of faith is not a regular faith fight. It's a precise, strategic one. It's powerful yet practical. It's miracle yet manageable. It's something that's designed and divine. This fight that God's calling you to it's not a luxury experience. It requires a leader in you to rise up. It requires you to start getting serious about what God spoke to you to do. It can be very challenging. You're going to feel lonely, but you're not alone. Write this down. When you're in a faith fight, feelings are just symptoms to the problem. You're going to have to learn how to find solution, not just be moved by stress. You have to seek God for solution. All you have to do is be in life to be moved by stress. A lot of us are being tossed to and fro like waves of the sea. Why? We're not holding tightly to that which God has told us. So what's going on with you? One may ask. Many of us say nothing. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. God is good. Yeah, he's good all the time. Why are you acting like that? I don't know. Then what's going on? I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. I'm good. Just let me, let me live my life with this good old church. I'm good. We all church people know how to give people the believers I'm fine, or I'm in faith, or God is good. But are you? You're going to have to be in touch with your feelings and your faith and manage both at the same time. See, in 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7, it says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice through now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. It says this, that the trials of your faith being much more Precious then of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. It can be so hard, my church, to properly articulate what's going on with you. 
It can be hard when you're in a faith fight to be in touch with your feelings because many times we're moved by them, not touched by them. But in Hebrews, it tells us that our great Savior was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You don't have to move by something that he's already touched with. You don't have to be ashamed to be in touch with something that God's in touch with and in tune with. This ain't new vibes to God. It's new to you admitting it, but God already saw it in you. Still chose you, still loved you, still picked you. God already saw you going through that. Still loved you, still chose you, still picked you. God already saw you deal with that money issue. Still loved you, still chose you, picked you. Somebody needs to say that right now. Still loves me, chose me, picked me. When you recognize that no matter what's going on, well, God, my marriage is on, still love you, still chose you, still picked you. Well, God, I don't have enough resources, but you call me to great heights in the marketplace, still loved you, still chose you, still picked you. See, when you're in a faith fight, you recognize that you're not fighting for, you're fighting in. You're fighting in. You're seated. You're a joint heir with Christ, still love me, still chose me, still picked me. When you come at that devil, with that type of authority, come on, Pastor Tucker. When you come at that devil with that type of demand, come on, my church. When you come at that devil with the still love me, still chose me, still pick me. That means nothing in your past, nothing that makes you feel like a, and nothing in your future can stop the love of God assigned to your life. Ooh, say, come on, write that down. Say, his love is assigned to me. See, there's a difference between working for love. It's a difference between finding love, but have you ever recognized that his love is assigned to you? That means the conditions of your flesh, the conditions of your temptations, the conditions of your past, the, the conditions of your insecurities. God customized a love plan policy for the time in your life when you would feel the worst. His love knows how to open the door that you locked with 15 bolt locks. He knew that you had the mindset to lock yourself out the things of God, but his love found you. And here we go. In a faith fight, his love lifts you. Have you ever felt so down that you, nobody can pick you up. Grandma's prayers couldn't pick you up. Your wifey, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your baby thing could not pick you up. Your friends could not pick you up. You made some money, the money could not lift you up. But it's something about his love that lifts you up, my church. Come on, Pastor Tucker. It's something about his love that knows how to lift you higher. Somebody shout, I'm in a faith fight today. I'm in a faith fight. This faith fight can be very challenging. It can be challenging, but we must rest in the fact that we're called to this fight but we don't own it. You got to let go of the ownership issues. If you're going to be in this faith fight, one of the points I want to drive home is you have to accept the fact that you may be dealing with some ownership issues. Write that down. Oh, God, I'm called to the fight, but the battle's not mine. It's the Lord's. I got to get dressed for the fight ownership issues, but the battle's not mine. It's the Lord's. I got to show up at the fight, but the battle's not mine. It's the Lord's. Lord, help me let go of my let goes. Lord, help me let go of my let goes. Lord, help me let go of my let goes. I feel like people have let me down. I feel like people have let me off. I feel like people have let me go into a situation by myself. Heavenly Father, help me let go 
of my let goes. I'm recognizing I'm having some ownership issues. Write that down. That's the point I want to drive home. If you don't get anything else right now, I need you to understand you're called to the fight, but you don't own the fight. You're called to the fight, but you don't own the fight. You're called to the fight, but you don't own the fight. You're called to the fight, but you don't own the fight. You're dealing with ownership issues. You're having ownership issues. And this makes the fight much harder than anticipated, right? This makes the fight for your life and the faith that's designed designed in the fight more frustrating than you know it because you're dealing with ownership issues. On one hand, the Bible's telling me that every man's been dealt a measure of faith. On the next hand, the same word telling me the battle's not mine, but it's the Lord's. I'm dealing with ownership issues. He loves me. He chose me. He picked me. He loves me. He chose me. He picked me. Got to get dressed for the fight, but it's not my battle. Got to show up at the fight, but it's not my battle. Got to be prepared for the fight, but it's not my battle. I have to be okay for walking around Jericho's walls and not getting the credit the walls coming down. I have to start showing up, letting go of the let goes. Someone say I'm in a faith fight. See, there's power when you learn how to be silent. And I want you to rest today. See, in the Greek, the word shh is translated as sagaho which means it's a special, holy type of silence. It means to keep close and keep secret. So when we look at the text of Paul's final instructions to Timothy, when he told Timothy to hold on, keep going, when he told Timothy, and our focus, focus scripture on today, to keep this commandment in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 11 through verse 16, multiple translations, he tells them to fight the good fight of faith, the true faith, hold tightly. This is a cigarho. It means that you should, shh, there's going to be days you want to vent. There's going to be days you want to talk out the side of your mouth. There's going to be days you want to snitch on how God doesn't love you. There's going to be days you want to want to cuss and say things you shouldn't say. But God's saying, hold your peace. Keep silent. Keep close. Keep secret. Hold your peace, keep silent, keep close, keep a secret. Hold your peace, keep silent, keep close, keep a secret. See, you believe with your heart, but you tear it apart with your words. So the reason why you have to learn how to be a better fighter, how many of y'all know the loudest talker does not mean they have the strongest uppercut? Some of y'all got in a fight and you whooped their tail because they talk too much. Matter of fact, talking can get, can get you behind beat. A lot of us, you're talking fleshly, carnal, and you're saying things that God's not saying, and you wonder why the devil has access to your marriage, your kids, your home, your resources, because you already don't like the car, and you keep telling people you don't like the car, so the devil can cause malfunctions with the car, because you tell people, well, I don't like the car. Well, God, the devil's like, good, you give me access. What if, it's, what if we know, the, how about this, it may not be my pressure, it's not my preference, but it's my possession. This ain't my preference, but this is my possession, and everything I touch and everything that's under my feet and everything that's on my territory is blessed. 
Everything that's around me multiplies. It may not be my preference, but it's my possessions. Devil, you can't touch what belongs to me. It may not be my preference, but it's my possession. Listen, see, some of y'all think if you made more money, you'll be blessed. You've never been blessed with $30,000. You've never been blessed with $10,000. Some of y'all got to praise right now. You recognize that you have been cursed with a lot of money, been blessed with no money. You'll go back to being blessed with no money because there's something about the blessing of God that make of rich. See, y'all don't want to fight with me today. I'm in a faith fight. The blessing of the Lord make of rich. See, you thought you need another job, but you really need is another blessing. You need another touch. God can bless you with $30,000 that will work better for you than $300,000. You don't need more of life. You need more of God. Someone shout, I'm in a faith fight. We have to learn. We have to learn, my church. We have to learn. Your pastor wants you to learn. Wants you to learn how to see God. Hold fast your confession. Know when to speak his word not its worth. See, if I look at something that's undervaluing my life, I have to speak the word over it, not its worth. Because I already know it's below me. But if I keep saying it's below me, it's going to stay below me. I need that thing to rise up. I need that money to grow. I need that checking account to work. I need this relationship to work. I can't keep talking. I can't keep under I can't keep undervaluing things that don't have the value I want with my words. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That means his word has value and adds value, which means you can increase it. You can make that thing have more increased mode on it. You can, you can increase its worth or lowers its worth by your valuing or devaluing of your words. The blessing of the Lord make it rich, my church. If you're going to be in this faith fight correctly, going to have to allow his blessing to speak through your tongue. You have to watch what you say when things get tough. If you do that, you will experience the difference and you will see all things that God has for you. Listen, Pastor Tucker, thank you so much. My name is Pastor Chandler S. Bailey, the assistant pastor of Right to Church International, national founder of Channel Bad Media Ministry, co-founder of Kingdom Business Network. Listen, God is doing some awesome things through Innovation Online. It's been a privilege and a blessing to be with you. I believe the next instructions, if I may say, would be for us to do a virtual altar call. You might be watching right now. You might be saying, man, I really feel lifted right now. He loved me. He chose me. He picked me. I need to fight from the dispensation of God loving me. You might recognize that God has been telling you to hold fast. Uh, your faith the way Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, and you haven't been fighting the good fight of faith, this moment is for you. And there's somebody who's been feeling low, but you recognize God's lifting you. If any of those three have ministered to you, I want you right now to comment with hands up or let Pastor Tucker know in the team that, God, I need prayer. We're going to pray a corporate prayer, and I pray that I'll see you soon again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for those watching and gleaning. God, I pray, Father God, that this seed has fallen on ready hearts. And my prayer right now, Lord God, is that we grow and know your love like never before. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have opened up a doorway and a path for us to boldly come to the throne of grace. So we come to you right now, Lord God. Thank you in advance for delivering us and healing us. God, we need you more than ever before. God, help us stand in our state. Help us show up for the fight, but give you the battle. Help us get dressed for the fight, but give you the battle. Help us be prepared and ready for the fight, but give you the battle. Lord God, we know we are in a faith fight, 
and our feelings are just symptoms to the problem. So, Lord, thank you that we have spiritual solutions to do the work of diligence of growing our faith. And I thank you, Lord God, that somebody's called to be still. So I thank you that their fighting posture is to stay. And I, somebody's called to yield to your will. And I thank you that their fighting posture is to pray. And whatever they're called to do, they will do it in excellence because you're watching us right now. You love us. You chose us. You picked us. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed, my church. God bless you, Pastor Tucker. See you soon. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word At My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.